0: Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this
1: is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlos is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute buck kicking with love.
0: Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individuals' stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bySarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a
1: second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you
0: with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions, as we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash Now, on to the show. Good morning, Kelly. Oh, good morning, Karen. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like there's purpose behind that good morning. I'm stressed. Are you? Yeah. You know what? Like for anyone watching the show, I'm so sorry. I'm not a videographer. I can't fit myself into the screen. (laughs) Like it's just the cameras are a constant struggle, as you know. Oh, and yeah. and it's on me, and so I feel that that pressure. Um, so I just—it's—it's it's one of those days where you wish you had a bigger team, even though on most days we're so glad to be a team of two.
1: Yeah, it's just—I know. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I, know I wish I, I wish that we had Ed Regan in our back pocket. Oh, yes, <laughs> I get it. Yep. Just have somebody of that caliber. Mm-hmm. Be able to be here to help all the time, but he yeah. has his
0: own life, Kelly, and a beautiful, <laughs> flourishing career, which we're so happy about. Now, Mom, you have a part two prepared today, do. which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, so, for those of you who were listening last week, uh, we have a follow-up to Badia's story. Yeah. And for those of you who weren't listening last week, now is a good time to hit the pause button. Now that I've you know got my stress out, thank you for <laughs> listening, and go back and listen. Yeah. You you mentioned this was not intentional. No. Nope. You mentioned in the first show, uh, pardon me, the previous show that you were going to give a bunch of examples.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then we dove into one, me unknowing, you know, about where this was supposed to be going. The conversation just got really good and you chose to yeah. kind of back off, let the show be what it was and give this its own its own time. Yeah. And it, and it could happen again. Cool. You know what? And I really love and respect
1: the way that you make those executive decisions. Well, I'm hoping for the listeners that they appreciate it too. But what I really did try to do was condense this so that we can get it done in a second show.
0: Well, we really, we haven't lost anyone over Badia's story,
1: (laughs) so I think they're fine. Okay. So, you know, if listeners are just listening to the podcast and have never had a session, maybe they will still understand how freaking random the sessions are and that some sessions have such a flow. They ask for one thing and it just moves beautifully and gradually like a well done script right into the next. And other other sessions are not. And it's partly sometimes because the client. We'll just say, okay, I'm done that. Now move on. I, I want to know about my pet. Oh, yeah, okay. They, they kind of derail themselves. Yes. And sometimes it's because they get their information and they're happy. And sometimes they don't like the information or they don't think we're good or that it's accurate or it's going to come true and they dismiss it and move on. There's a bunch of reasons. I'm,
0: some are just so damn anxious. They can't yeah. listen long enough before
1: they anxiously start yeah. shifting. Yes. That's right, and some of them just have brains that function that way. Mm-hmm. So, Badia has a like. This happens in her sessions, but I'm trying to like follow along in one particular vein with a story, so they that everybody gets a closure closure about it. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I'm distracted. I'm going to be one of those people. I'm thinking. I, I had this vivid thought last night. I'm I'm totally binging Blind Spot on mm-hmm. Netflix recently. It's an FBI show, and You see over the course of these shows how quickly, how rapidly they take in so much information about their surroundings Mm -hmm. as well as audible information. And I just remember thinking, looking at the screen, they must be so bored with us civilians Like to get into a regular relationship Mm. with just a regular human being, they must be like, come on, hurry up. Give me the facts faster. Like Because they're so used to that quick absorption process and then action that I just think life would bore
1: them. Well, And and this is what, uh, an investigator? Yeah, it's FBI. FBI? Well, that might be my next partner then. Well, maybe. (laughs) I think you'd do well with like a top negotiator.
0: I think you could rival them. Well, <laughs> this would be fun. Applications
1: open tomorrow. No.
0: <laughs> Just kidding.
1: <laughs> okay. So, Badia. Yes. So she has a series of appointments with me. And so what we are doing here is we are pulling the threads through the different um, sessions. And in one of her sessions, she asks me, uh, oh, pardon me, in several of them, she asks me about her mom. She wants to know if she's going to get her mom's house. Hmm. She wants to know, she asked that question just flat out one day, will I get my mom's house when she dies? And the guides say no. And she never, she never asks me why. She just asks the question. And then another day she asks the question, will I get my grandmother's house when she dies? And the answer is no. And again, she never asks the question, why or why not? And then further in the sessions, the guides reveal, well, through this process, because now, remember, Badia has had cancer, thyroid, and then it spreads into the pelvis. So they're talking about, as we move through the sessions, she finally figures out her own answer. Mm -hmm. And she says to me, and I think it was around the fourth session, she says, I want you to know I've got my notes. She says, like when I phone you, like I've got all my sessions, all my notes on a table in front of me and like, and I will like highlight and draw arrows and I will like link like what- Like an investigator. Yeah. I <laughs> know. It's really funny. I will link what you've said and sometimes I will notice that I didn't, I wrote down an answer- but I will write down afterwards in my own notes in purple pen. Why didn't I ask? Why not? And then she says, and then I'll let that all think, geez, I wonder why I didn't ask that that day. It would have been the most logical thing to ask Karen. And then she says, and then all of a sudden in around the fourth session, when you told me that the cancer was going to return and that it did, that I'm going to, I'm going to die before my mom and my grandmother. And she says, Now that is a fact that is no longer something that I can wonder about unless they drop dead like in the next couple of weeks, because I'm palliative. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I now know I have less than a month to live. So I understand why I didn't ask the questions, even though I didn't know it at the time. Mm -hmm. I just found that so interesting. I think
0: I'm going to use a word that I really shy away from most of the time. I think that's really divine. And I don't mean in a godlike. I just simply mean that those are the guides giving her the information she needs that day and no more. Yeah, Because had she not been in a place to hear, you're going to pass before them, Mm -hmm. that would have been a terrible question
1: yeah it would have been, and I think of all of the anxiety that it would have caused her over those that like that whole period of time of seeing her from session to session, which isn't like one week after another, right?
0: Yeah, it also may have been too, where you would have got the message from the guides we're not answering that because mm-hmm. we get nos and if they get if if we and they get a no, then they can sit with it and ask it another time or try and ask it in a different way mm-hmm. Uh, but again, if you're not ready for it to click, to actually process that, then how all of this unfolded, like I mentioned, was divine.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back again and bring them forward again. Mm-hmm. So another one that she had asked near the beginning um, was about a partner. Will I be? In, will I have love in this lifetime? Will I fall in love again? And um, and. I said to her, oh, you're asking more than one question. And she went, well, it's the same thing. And I went, (laughs) lady. (laughs) Will I fall
0: in love again is one question. Will I have another partner in this lifetime is a completely separate question. There's also a third that's not being asked, which is, are they the
1: same person? Yeah. And so we went through this little conversation around that and the guide said to her, there is a gentleman that she's currently interested in. This is why she's asking you. And it's a gentleman that lives close. It's a neighbor. And he comes over and he helps her. And he helps her mom and he and her grandma when she's over. And he's, he goes over for coffee. He'll pop by and mow the lawn. He does all these things. They're friends. They go for walks every day together. He's always checking in on her. And he, he very much cares for her. And believes that he loves her. And she said, Oh, and she was kind of like, um, oh, okay, well, is this going to be my partner? And and she would ask questions. So over a period of time here, and I'm going to say we get to the end of this in our very last session together, where the guides say to her, Did you, did you truly receive his affection? And she goes, what? And I, she says, well, yeah, like I let him mow the lawn. Yeah. Like I, like I listened and I said, no, the guides want to know if you truly received what he was giving you, you know, what he was trying to give you. It was connection. No. And I said, or the guide said, keep asking her these questions did you try? Did you see if there was any feeling back? Did you make an effort back? And she goes, well, like I've been to his place once for coffee. She goes, so yeah. And I said, no, they're talking about making a connection with him. Like truly compassionately listening to him, but also truly asking questions of interest of him. Hmm. And she goes, oh, um, I don't know what that means. I took this in a
0: different direction altogether, but I like what you're bringing up. Mm. My head went to, when you asked the question, did you truly receive? Like we can say thank you and v- be very anxious about it and not really receive it because we convince ourselves we weren't worthy, that they did a favor to us, that we owe them something. Like that is not true receiving just because the act got done, the lawn is mode. Mm-hmm. But please continue, because I think the questions that you're posing are very potentially helpful if people are really listening themselves um, to ask if they truly receive in their relationships.
1: They asked her if she really asked questions out of sincere interest in him. Mm -hmm. Or if it was, um, I'll ask you how you're doing, because I'm hoping you'll see that the the lawn needs mowing. I'll go for a walk with you because if we're friends, you'll help me. So when she originally asked if she would have a partner,
0: Mm -hmm. she wasn't asking about him. She was like, what, how did this come up?
1: She was asking about anybody in general.
0: And how, how did we start talking about this gentleman neighbor?
1: The guides brought him up the first time.
0: Oh, okay. So her intention wasn't to ask, is he the one that loves me? Is he, she wasn't even inquiring
1: about him. Not at first. Gotcha. I was not following this. Not at first, but they bring him up at first Mm -hmm. and it's not to encourage her. It's to say that there is an interest there, that this is a possibility for her.
0: Because of him and his feelings.
1: Yes, but it's also written in their contracts together. Okay, And it is not within her to reach that deeply for anyone. Whoa.
0: So that came out as part of the contract? That's correct.
1: Everything is negotiable. Like the way that she sees relationships is negotiating. There's not a deep connection. And she doesn't look to make one. She doesn't ask the questions, but she doesn't emote. She doesn't feel it. I'm so okay. So I felt a little guilty
0: talking about the FBI in the beginning of this session. And the more you bring up these terms, I'm thinking, wow, what a great weave in the show oh. because you're talking about okay. straight up negotiation. Yeah. You think about a situation where you're just trying to get what you want, which is what Badia sounds like she was doing at this point. I don't know if it, yeah. if it progresses. Um, but that's not connection, that's just a form of manipulation. That's right. And and as
1: she gets sicker, as her mother does, as her grandmother does, her fears escalate and she becomes more manipulative out of the fears of who's going to take care of these people.
0: I hope it is not lost on people mm-hmm. exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. That because there's a lack of effort for connection, that drives up the fear And therefore, I have to do more manipulating, more negotiating in order to make the fear kind of subside temporarily, knowing ultimately that there's no deep connection that will actually make me feel safe from those fears. You got it. Please, please sit back and reflect on that about your own life and the efforts that you're making.
1: And this is what comes through for Badia. How you've explained this is explained to her in that last session when she's palliative. Our last call, as far as I know, will ever be our last call together mm. because the guides come through and explain this to her. They explain what she did, they want to sit with her for her to understand it before she passes. Mm. And I wrote it all out on the back of this page, but you explained it. I think I said a couple of sessions. So let me just hold it up. <laughs> there are my notes. <laughs> hey, they're very they're very bulleted and detailed. I I I wanted to continue with something in here though because it's your, you, your show too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, you did a beautiful job of it, thanks. which. You so very often do, which is why I love working with you. And I've said that so many times in this show. Mm-hmm. I would like now to add, because there's, there are more questions that the guides wanted me to ask her from them on this page. And, but I, before I step into that, she asked me a question earlier before you, you know, did Went such off. a beautiful job of explaining <laughs> everything. She asked me of this neighbor if this man um, was going to grieve her when she died, or if he just wanted her money. Whoa! And and, and it was, it was so shocking to me. So she, um, okay, just for clarifying
0: purposes, she assumed that the acts of service he was offering her was in efforts to get into her will. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Go on. No, I'm trying not to judge. No, no. Why do you understand? Well, I would assume she's been through some really big hurt in her life and been manipulated herself um, because I don't think anyone jumps to that conclusion unless you have personally been wronged or witnessed someone that you love been wronged in a similar way. You got it.
1: You got it. I knew you would wrap it up if I just asked you to explain. Mm. So the guides come through to discuss these things with her and tell her that she is, is understanding things now. They want to work through all of this before she crosses over so that when she literally is at the end, it can be peaceful. I'll, I'll, I'm also going to just
0: kind of interject and say, which is probably why they asked the question, did you even receive what he offered you? Because if she was observing... And using, I am going to add that just for good measures, what he was offering, then there's no way she could receive if she constantly had her questions or her backup to assume the very worst. Yeah.
1: Which, over the period of these sessions, interspersed with the medical intuitive, which she will always lead with, wanting her medical, her mother's, and her grandmother's. And then move into the next part of the session, where it would be around things like him, what what he wants, will there be money, um, and then the very last thing that she asks me, and the very last session is, will will I die with money? And again, I was I was um, so taken aback at the question, it, but obviously something very important to her. And so she says, I just want to know, you know, like before I die, will, will I have money? And the spirit guide said, she's asking you if she'll win a lottery. Oh. And I'm like, what? She's palliative. And they said, well, she still wants to know. She's still getting her mom when she goes out to buy tickets. Hey, ma, remember, pick up my tickets. And I said, oh, okay. And so the guide said, we won't answer that. Because I don't want them to answer that. Mm-hmm. I don't ever answer that question for any single human being on this planet. I refuse to. It's just part of what I don't want to do list. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing. I don't want to tell people about stocks and bonds. I don't want to tell them what about <laughs> gold or where your passport is. Remember the lady that called me from Timmins and said she'd fly me to Timmins if I could pick out the next gold mine or nickel mine? I personally, I'd like to fly somewhere else than Timmins. <laughs> Everyone in Northern Ontario is going to laugh at that. But they may also feel compassion for your comment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And maybe the people in Timmins might go, what? They know. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she wanted to know. and, And I just, you know... You know when the question catches you off guard, yeah. but you're also so interested in the answer, but you're also so interested in just understanding the backstory yeah. to it. To me, there's such a backstory as to why people will ask that, especially if you're calling somebody when you know you're going to pass, she, she believes firmly that she's passing within the month.
0: I Okay, so if I put myself in her shoes, if I was dying and palliative at this moment, it may be a question that I would ask because I would want to leave money to you. That, that was my thought. I would want to make sure that I... Or not make sure, you're playing the lottery. You can't use that word. Um, I would want to be able to support um,
1: the people left behind so that you didn't have to worry. And what came through in that is that no... Her mom and her grandmother. <laughs> no. No. Her mom Sound and her like grandmother. grandmother have money. The reason that she's asking is because she doesn't want to die poor. What does that mean? No, she just doesn't want to die poor. That's what it means. Who who knows? No one prints that in your obituary. Died rich. Just saying. Died poor. Just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. She. This is just something that bothered her her whole life, was that everything was difficult because she didn't have money and that she had to ask grandma or mom for money. How, How does that change anything? If you're dying of
0: terminal cancer, you're dying with a massive struggle. Dying rich doesn't fix
1: that. Yes, I know. I'm just saying that these are the things that are on people's minds when they're dying. And I don't mean every human. I'm sure there will be listeners that will say, not on mine. No. Not on I mean, mine, thanks. I'm learning. I, and so am I. And, I'm, and I, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm making a mistake today thinking that it would be of interest to someone else to hear that. But I think it could be because it really speaks to the fact of how deeply she is distressed every day of her life because of finances, because of money.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just really not making the connection
1: I'm saying she can't let it go. I am mm-hmm. saying how 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 much we hang on to what we think about ourselves or what we what we think other people think of us right to the very end. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that all of those thoughts make sense. Some people might die and say, Well, did he love me? You know, th- like I, I like, you know, there was this guy back in high school and it didn't work out. So I need to know before I die. So did he love me? And some people will cross over and meet the spirit guides and go, hey, you, now you've got an answer. Did he love me? Could I have made more money? Like, these are some of the questions and I just thought it was worth sharing. Mm-hmm. It speaks to what stresses us, how we carry our stress to our last breath. And sometimes how when we're dying um, and people say, why wouldn't mom let go? Why wouldn't grandma let go? Why did somebody be declared dead three times and they still wouldn't let go? These are the things we think about when we can't let go. Hmm. And it wasn't one of the ones that I would have thought of. So when it came up in this session, I thought, I'm going to share that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't often see you speechless, so I'm just going to look at you for a moment. Oh, please don't. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, um, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and I, I understand because I remember in that last session um, being quite uncomfortable when she asked the question. And um, just the fact that she wasn't going to come into all of this money—well, that's not the issue that I would have. I, I had many issues with it <laughs> <laughs> of trying to understand it. Yeah. I have to tell you, Kelly, that since this, like, the sessions are done, um, it, it sits. Like, it just sat there with me for a while to be able to try to digest that this is what she's thinking about.
0: Yeah. See, and, and now I'm like, okay, Karen's going to keep talking because this show can't end like this. I'm so filled with sadness. My, my thought is just how sad, and I know that's judgmental. Um, I, I feel anxious for her that that is something yeah. that would waste so much of her time. It was her last question.
1: Of her last of successions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was, and, and to me it was like, oh, I just remember being done with it and just sitting there and not having a good feeling that that was the last time I would speak to her as a human.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It it just, but it was the way she chose to end it, mm-hmm. instead of saying, "What can I look forward to." Um, what's it like to cross over? Like I've had other sessions with people who are palliative where it's like, can you tell me what it's like when you cross over? Can you say like, what do you know about that from talking to dead people? Can you tell me what it's going to be like when I, when I cross? Will I see spirits? Will I see my dog? Will I have like, people have been so curious to say, what am I going to? And her, her, her last question was about money. And, and a lot
0: of people, as I was mentioning before, their last questions are more so about how to set up their loved ones who will be left behind, um, to grieve well, to know that they're loved in their grief Mm -hmm. and, and cared for. And I'm just, my mind is like
1: boggled. Yeah. Me too. And, and I understand why, because it's not the way we think. I would not want that to be my last group of thoughts, uh, to be around money, to be around did this man just use me? These were her very last questions, Mm. as opposed to am I loved? Am I safe? Um, Enjoying being loved? Enjoying being cared for? Well, and I think you can
0: only get to that place that you're talking about if you are actively working on yourself in this life, if you are putting in what we call the dirty work Mm -hmm. to work with a therapist, to read books, to be focused on health, healthy living, healthy connections, because without those things, all you've got is worry. All you've got is anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And sure, money's a great focus when you've got those two things,
1: because it keeps you actively avoiding connection Yeah. And her, her guides had asked in a prior session, a whole bunch of questions about connection. Did you hug? Did you, um, did you listen with compassion? Did you show interest? Did you feel interested in somebody? Did you feel, I remember them asking her things like, did you paint? And, and she was like, no, 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 I'm not a hugging kind of person. No, I'm not interested in paint. No, So you disengaged from life. Yeah. And there was there were all of these questions around the guide said to her in one session, did you, did you, did you? And these were all the things that she dismissed, didn't want to, to even show curiosity towards. And if somebody hugged her, well, yeah, you know, like I'll hug my mom, but like, you know, like a mom. So they were trying to point out to her, I think that was around the fourth session, that there was no attempt on her part to know herself and connect to herself or to know or to connect to other people or even to the pets in the house. There are pets in the house and it's just like, yeah, you feed them. It's just getting sadder and sadder. Yeah, yeah, you walk them. Yeah, you do those things, but you don't actually feel connected to them. So it's very much around function as opposed to... Feelings.
0: I, I'm i obsessed with Audible. I've been binging books, left, right, and center. And I will purposely look down at Parker or Winston and say, okay, no audio today on the walk. It's just you and me. Like, I'm going to connect to you, your needs, our sync, not a book. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. I hope. I know she will. I just, I think we just say it. I hope she gets what she needs when she passes. Yeah, me too. You you can't hear, that's for sure. Not if you're that disengaged
1: right up until that point. Yeah, and I found the whole thing so interesting that she took all of these sessions and money, given that she's so concerned about money, and called me to ask me these questions, to go through all of these different things, to figure something out. But it still felt like even within those sessions that there was still always just a disconnection. Mm -hmm. Even though I feel very connected to her spirit and to her spirit guides, Mm -hmm. there's no real way other than just answering the questions that I feel actually connected to Badia. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough story,
0: but I hope... Yeah, you better come back with a happy one next Saturday. I do. Great.
1: I will redeem myself.
0: (laughs) I appreciate the lessons.
1: Yeah, I know. I know sometimes uh, some of these shows, I just think, oh my God, I hope clients will stay with us and the listeners will continue to listen. Because, you know, sometimes we'll record one of these shows, I walk away, Kelly, and I think, oh my God, I wonder if we're going to lose people with these stories, but... I, well, I, yeah,
0: I guess you can worry, but I think more so, especially our regular listeners, would walk away from this and go, oh, mom, mom didn't connect. She disconnected. That's why she held on. Oh, my de- my depression. I'm disconnected. I'm not showing interest. I'm not making efforts. I'm taking. Right. Like the whole point that we say at the very yeah. beginning of every show, it's in our standard intro. Find pieces of yourself in these shows. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, you're not really... You're not doing the dirty not work. You're here. Hmm. Well, thanks for showing up today.
1: You're very welcome.
0: I do have a life insurance policy in your name, by the way. Just in case we're both worried. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I do believe I have a life insurance policy in yours and Andrew's name too. Beautiful.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.